0: The third offseason edition of BetQLU, presented by BetQL. And over at BetQL, you can check out the new feature of tracking your own bets. BetQL users can now access their own betting records, win percentage, and ranking within the BetQL community with the new My Stats feature. See personal betting history yesterday, this week, this month, all time, and per sport performance and around to becoming a better better and a more informed better. Over at BetQL, Bet Smarter and Beat the Books. Myself, Eli Herskovich, at Eli Herskovich on Twitter. And my man, Tom Casale, at the Tom Casale on Twitter. Tom, no college basketball. There hasn't been college basketball for three months. So the people want to know, what's the number one college football win total on the board?
1: The number one win total, I like NC State over six or over six and a half. To me, that number is way off. NC State, a ton of returning starters. They have a quarterback who's really good, who only played three games last year. They went 3-0 and when he started. He's healthy again. They play in the ACC that still has a lot of bottom feeders. They have a game September 11th against um, Mississippi State. I think it goes over either way on the total, but if they win that game, you can start you can start cashing your money. It's easy. There you go. So
0: for people that came to the podcast just for a bet, Tom has a bet for you for college football and then we'll get into the fun stuff here. Coming up on Bet QLU today, Jimmy Patzos, former college basketball coach. He coached in the Collegiate Ranks for 26 years and was on the Gary Williams staff at Maryland that won the national title back in 2001, the 2001-2002 season. He'll join us to talk Coach K, the Combine guys that uh, didn't get invites and are coming back to college basketball next season. Chris Beard in Texas. They got another transfer, and this team is reloaded. I think Texas Tech's slogan over the last couple of years is fully loaded. The Longhorns are loaded with Chris Beard at the helm in his first season in Austin. So, Tom, let's start off with some some Patriot League because uh, news came out during this week for some of these NBA combine invitations and a couple key names on the list or a few starting with Purdue's Travion Williams. It seems like he's coming back to Purdue. That was expected, but that's good for my 25 to one Purdue ticket. Uh, Shackleford for Alabama. But most importantly, maybe the most important name for the people that listen to this uh, podcast more often than not during the regular season is Santi Aldama. The big man for Loyola, Maryland is or wasn't on the combine list. So your boy Aldama is coming back most likely to Loyola, Maryland, and what that means for the Patriot League to you.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he's, he's the best player. So uh, the one thing about Loyola is they do lose a couple of key players from last year's team. And, and, you know, last year was such a weird season for the Patriot League. You know, they only played each other. They, they did the back-to-backs. Um, but one thing about some of those schools is they were very young last year you know, Lehigh, uh, Bucknell, uh, American. These teams are going to be bringing a lot back. So, you know, I think Aldama is going to be the best player in the league, and Loyola is certainly going to be good. Uh, The team I would watch for this year is Bucknell. Uh, I I think last year, if they didn't have the COVID issues – uh, they they would have been a lot better if it was a full season last year. So that's the team I'm looking at. But, yes, I mean, Loyola is going to be good, obviously, with him. There's not many people in the Patriot League who can stop him in the post. Uh, and we saw that time and time again. They lost a lot of close games, but nobody really stopped Aldama stopped in the post. And it's going to be the same thing this year.
0: Yeah, Bucknell had – I can't believe we're talking about this. Five-and-seven <laughs> yeah. five record last season, losing to Colgate in the – uh, in the Patriot League tournament, I think it was the semifinal and Colgate, man, I-, I was thinking about this earlier today, just getting ready for the podcast when Colgate was up by what double digits at the half against Arkansas in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Just thinking about the, what was it? What kind of doll do you have? What kind of Razorback doll do you have? The hog?
1: Oh, the, the pillow pet. Yeah. The pillow I was
0: thinking about the pre-tournament episode and how you didn't watch, right? You left your house during that yeah. Colgate game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know me, I went and hit the heavy bag. I was gone. I I, I couldn't take any more of it. So, uh, but I can, I can tell you this, in the first half, the the future of that pillow, pet was in, was in doubt. The, I, I was not happy. Um, but that's, that's one of those games I'm going to remember forever. You know, it was a Patriot league team. <laughs> Arkansas came back in the second half. I mean, I had it all, I had a pretty good tournament, but it really didn't matter after that, 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 when I got that baby home, that's all that mattered. You would
0: have been one of those people that send, I guess you went to send a nasty note to Eric Musselman. You would have sent up your ripped up pillow pet in the mail. Yeah. Ripped right. up Arkansas yeah. Razorback
1: pillow pet. Yeah. He, would coach his, his head would, his head, the, the pillow pet's head would have been swinging from my ceiling. <laughs> so, really quick here, and we'll get to some
0: other stuff with Coach Patsos. Like I mentioned, want to hit on the NBA playoffs really fast. We won't do a draft, not a lot of time for it, but. Looking at the, you know, this will kind of change as teams get eliminated as we're recording this on Thursday, June 17th. So we have a game six tonight with the with the Nets and the Bucks, and then tomorrow night on Friday with Hawks-Sixers game six and then Clippers and Jazz game six. Favorite college basketball player just from this NBA playoff pool, if you had to pick one that you loved watching in college, whether it was a decade ago, Jay Crowder for the Suns, who knows what's going to happen with Chris Paul and the COVID results? Who
1: would you say that that player would be? Well, I think this is an easy answer for me. I mean, it was Kevin Durant. The, he was just, yeah, I mean, he was just such a unique talent. You know, you knew you were seeing something special when he was there. He doesn't come across, um, you know, he doesn't come across a lot. I, I'll give you another name, though, um, that because he kind of gets lost because of who he got drafted before. But DeAndre Ayton of uh, – you know, at Arizona, he was really good in college and he's having a great professional career. But because he was taken before Luca, he kind of gets a little bit lost in the mix. But you know, he I loved watching him in college and I think he's an exceptional player and a reason why the Suns are a legit uh, championship contender. Yeah, I really like that Arizona
0: team and they lost in the first round of Buffalo and it ain't just quit. You could tell it was that
1: team, so That that was one of those games. I don't know if it was travel. I mean, you could see early that Arizona wasn't there. You know what I mean? They looked – I mean, I know Buffalo was a fast athletic team, but they're still – they looked slow. They looked like they were in slow motion, very similar to Ole Miss a couple of years ago when they played that, when they played uh, Oklahoma. I know you and I both had Ole Miss in that game. Yep. I remember watching that for the first five minutes and said, well, we're done. I mean, holy, they don't have anything. It's, it's sometimes that happens in the tournament, I think. And then you're right. Then in the second half, it was just – They tapped out. I think I doubled down Oklahoma
0: second half. Maybe that came through. Maybe it didn't. Either way, my Oklahoma full game bet lost. I'm with you on Aiton. Mikkel Bridges at Nova, two-time champ for me, was a ton of fun to watch. Jay Crowder at Marquette. I think I got to go with Reggie Jackson, though, at Boston College, especially after what he did in game five to the Jazz. Hit some big second half shots, man. He had the ball in his hands, and late in the shot clock, pulling up from three in the corner, that felt like a March Madness game just because the Clippers were undermanned without Kawhi Leonard. You had Paul George, who didn't play like the playoff P of last year, played like the playoff P with the Indiana Pacers. He showed up, but to get that kind of performance from Reggie Jackson and what Reggie Jackson turned into as a junior at BC to then go into the draft, I loved watching him as as an eagle.
1: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned uh, Kawhi. That's another guy, man, in college. He was a dog. I, we didn't know he was going to be Kawhi uh, at that point, right? We just knew he was a really good college player, right. And not a lot of people had seen him because he played out on the West Coast at San Diego State. But uh, I used to love watching him play in college, and he that's obviously translated into the NBA. So we'll get Coach Patsos' answer. Jimmy Patsos,
0: Odyssey Sports, NBA College Basketball. Insider, 26 years in the college basketball coaching ranks. Coach Patsos joins us next. Tom Casale and myself, Eli Herskovich, on Beck Odyssey is here, cheering on your teams right alongside
1: you. Sometimes that's your favorite team, and sometimes it's the rival team, but you bet them to win. Let BetQL's expert analysis lead you to more cheering and more winning. BetQL looks at every game and every potential bet
0: and ranks them on a scale of one to five stars. Their five-star bets are your most profitable opportunities and have shown real proven results. Get better at betting. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. BetQL, an Odyssey company. Very excited to bring in former college basketball coach Jimmy Patsos. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Patsos on Twitter. He's an Odyssey Sports NBA and college basketball insider. Coach, how
2: are we doing today? We're great. We're in Denver. Um, I'm really happy to be here. I'm headed home to the east, but had to take a little trip out west. Remember, I have full, full disclosure. I have a job with Under Armour, and we have a new coach in Utah at the Utah Utes. Craig Smith, who came down from Utah State. And I visited practice with uh, Colorado State, who's an up and coming. Nico Medved's done a great job there. They got the potential player of the year and David Roddy. So had to go see a new coach, had to see a coach that did well. It was nice to see some basketball. And then we Will Barton's a friend of ours from Baltimore who, who came back and got to play for the Nuggets. So I got some West Coast flavor here and at night. There's nothing like these games have been crazy drama with what's going on in the NBA. So I'll leave you guys with that. You can ask me what you want, but the Paul George Durant thing to Reggie Jackson to Jeff Green seven threes, it's it's been kind of wild. And I'll tell you what people are talking about here is like, how did the Atlanta Hawks get so good so fast? The Clippers just won't go away. And the Suns with Chris Paul are resting. This is kind of like the talk out here, you know, because it's out west a little bit. And it's it's been interesting to see. And the Nets the Net, the Nets bucks things like a heavyweight fight, so nobody's really surprised at that. But what do you guys think about what's going on in the NBA? I mean, who would have thought the Hawks would come back and win a road game? And then the Jazz, with no Kawhi, glues into the Clippers. So that's kind of what's been talked about here.
0: You mentioned Reggie Jackson. You mentioned Jeff Green. Tom and I were just talking about These NBA players that in college basketball four, five, ten years ago, who's your favorite NBA player going back to college? Is it
2: Trey Young at Oklahoma? Just so the guy's left in the pool. You know, he's done better than I thought. I really think that Nate McMillan's done an unbelievable job getting Trey Young to play a little defense past the ball, but he's really embracing scoring. I think he took the zest from the Knicks thing. You know, Aiton, that whole Arizona thing, as we know, was sort of a mess the last few years, and that hurt Aiton. Development, but they've been patient with him. Now he's learning from, and I, I love that you guys brought up Jay Crowder from Marquette. Jay Crowder, like no one wanted out of high school, center played four at Marquette. Now he's at a three four. What a bunch of experience he's had. Bridges, what he's done out of Villanova, winning the championship. I like those guys. But Reggie Jackson from BC is the guy that I kind of like. You guys talk about like that. I like like he wasn't a fantastic NBA prospect. Yeah, he scored at BC, but it was about Duke and Carolina. He didn't make the NCAA tournament. He's gone to Detroit, but he can play. You know, he can really play. Patrick Beverly's another guy that sort of people don't know, you know, whether it's the Clarksons and those. I love those undrafted second-round guys or guys that almost get out of the league and turn it around, and what they do is need a chance because you need some toughness in this playoffs. And I think that Trey Young is probably like, come on, everybody, you got to admit, we all thought he was good. We didn't think he was that good. You know, and for them to make that trade – with Luka Doncic and getting another pick and everything. I think Trey Young's sort of the golden boy, but there are a lot of unsung heroes going on. Jeff Green, for those you don't remember, he led Georgetown to the final, eight, uh, final Four in 2008. But he also had a great game for the Cavaliers when they won Game 7 in Boston. So, like, there's these guys that are stepping up. Now, can they do it full-time? That's a different question. You know, everybody forgets Middleton went to Texas A&M. He didn't go to Kentucky or Alabama. I mean, Kentucky or like one of the Dukes of Carolinas, there's guys from like different schools. And I was going to say, Robert Horry, remember, went to Alabama. There are guys from these leagues that play against the best teams, but they're not on the best teams. But I think that makes them tougher. And like Reggie Jackson at BC, he had to learn how to play Syracuse, Louisville, UNC, Virginia national champs, Duke. I think it gives them a little chip and like it carries over into the pros.
1: Coach, I want to get your opinion on something. Back in January, I tweeted out my long shot national championship pick for this year is the Colorado State Rams. I love this team. They were young last year. They just missed the tournament. They have a great coach. I think they're going to be one of the big stories of college basketball this season. Tell me if I'm right or wrong.
2: I love it. Fort Collins. Now, I do the games in NBC Washington with Jason Smith, who was one of their great players. here. Jason Smith, a 10-year vet, played for the Bucks. Well, the best women's player here was Becky Hammond. Her pictures in the gym too. It's Becky in one end and him in the other. Who's Greg Popovich's right-hand woman, and I think will be the first woman NBA head coach. And they also filmed, most importantly, one-on-one with Robbie Benson. There, you got to go back and watch one-on-one, Eli. It's an old school. It's kind of it's the most accurate portrayal of college basketball. I'll tell you that. But Moby Arena is transforming the big. The, the, the big thing about the Mountain West is that San Diego State, and you talked about Kawhi Leonard. I heard you guys earlier. Steve Fisher always knew he was that good. San Diego State this year, they don't run into Syracuse. they probably go far, but Boeheim's 2-3 messed them up. But San Diego State, New Mexico's had some perennial really good players. Steve Alford's doing it in Nevada. Boise State's got pros. They made the tournament. Fresno State's made a run before. But Utah State and Craig Smith, they made two in the last, you know, though there's no tournament th- th- middle years ago, but Basically, they've gotten three straight tournament bids, but he comes down to Utah. Nico Medved was at Furman, then Drake for a year, but he set the stage for Drake. That's why they were good this year. But Colorado State, 10,000-seat arena. Fort Collins, an hour up north. they got a great fan base. Uh, he's got really good player. David Roddy's a really good player. Isaiah Stevens is a 6'2 is a guard who's a real, real solid combo-type pro guard. So, all of a sudden, you got David Rodney and Isaiah Stevens. They got a transfer from Division Two. They got everybody back. But the league's really good. Pete Gillen does this league for CBS Sports, and we talk all the time. Those are hard places to go win at Utah State, at Nevada, at Boise State. But San Diego State's the leader of the bunch. And as long as they're up there, one of my things, Tom, is I think those, those leagues deserve three and four bids. Like them and the American and the Atlantic 10. Come on, man, give them three or four bids. You can't give these guys one or two bids and give nine to the Big Ten or nine to the ACC. I don't really like that because I want a Colorado State. They would have made it last year, Tom, if you remember, because I was just a practice. You can see it on my Twitter. If Georgetown doesn't win the Big East and Oregon State doesn't win the Pac-12, they get in. And I want to see what they would have done. But now their their motto is no excuses. We just have to get in because this Oregon State was a great story. and Georgetown and Ewing in the Garden was a great story. But that's what knocked them out. And that's the problem in the, in the, in the one level down conference, whether it's the a 10, the Midwestern, the MWC is the mountain West. And of course, St. Mary's and Gonzaga's and the West coast conference. Those guys have those fringe two or three teams in the American where now Houston probably is going to give them some momentum, but that Memphis didn't get in and they won the NIT. Well, the Colorado state guys were, we're going to do it this year. Like we're not waiting for anybody else. we got a veteran team. They run good offense and, With Utah State leaving, as you know, and San Diego State losing some guys, it could be their turn to the Mountain West. Nico Medved,
0: obviously one of the more underrated coaches in college basketball. Now, a coach that I don't know if you have had a relationship with or got in touch with, the best college basketball coach ever and Coach K, his last season. I don't know. By the way, did you see his press conference?
2: What was that? You know, I didn't really focus. I just was listening to what he said. I, I, I'll never criticize the greatest coach in college basketball, but, you know, it's weird they had the press conference about him and then not having Shire announced, and then the next day Shire's announced. Right. I, thought, I thought Brad Stevens was going there. I thought the timing was Brad's out, going to go upstairs for a year and go there because he didn't take the Indiana job for $80 million. That's 80, folks, eight zero million to coach the Hoosiers, not the Pacers. When he didn't take that, and then Kay goes and retires. I said, maybe this is all connected. But John Shire, we'll see what he can do. I think Coach K is going to have a, I don't know if he's going to regret having a swan song tour, but I'm sure that can be distracting. You know, Gary Williams just retired. Roy Williams took a couple weeks and went out. But on the other hand, Coach Kay, I don't blame him. I'm not going out if I'm Coach K without going to the NCAA. Like, screw that. Like, I'm, I'm the best coach ever. I have five NCAA titles. I, I played and coached for Bobby Knight. But I put this program on the map. They almost tried to get me early. What a story Coach K's had. You know, at first they didn't like him. Then it was a bunch of Washington, D.C. guys that saved him. It was Tommy Emiker and it was Johnny Dawkins from Mackin High School. Then, of course, Billis and Allery were part of that. Then you get Leitner and then you get Danny Ferry. And those are all parts of the stories. But it was really Johnny Dawkins and Tommy Emiker who were two Washington, D.C. guys. And Mike Bray from Notre Dame was his assistant. So I love Coach K. I love what he's done. I think having the tour is kind of a great thing for college basketball to say goodbye, but I wonder if it's going to be distracting. My point is it could be distracting, you know, but at least he's given us another year. I got them in the top. I got them in the Sweet 16 next year, Duke. I think the Jalen Johnson one and done stuff has driven him. I think he had to accept it, but he doesn't love it. But I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you this. I think Roy Williams, and he didn't tell me this, but I think Roy Williams retired because of the transfer rule. One and done was one thing. AAU and parents is another thing. It's okay. It's part of the deal. But the transfer portal's been insane. And these coaches I talk to, whether it's Utah coach Craig Smith getting new different guys, whether it's Loyola, Tavares, Hardy, in the smaller schools to University of Maryland, they got Fats coming, Fats Russell from Rhode Island, or, or, or Colorado State maintaining all their guys, or St. Mary's. They didn't have a guy leave. They are so happy. They didn't even talk to me about their recruits. They're just happy nobody left. But <laughs> if, you're coach, if you're Coach K, can you imagine like four out of your six players coming in saying, put my name in the portal? But if I don't get anything I like, I'm gonna come back here to Duke, like the greatest school in the world, probably the greatest combination basketball academic school ever. The greatest coach in the world who coached dream you know, USA basketball. And you gotta deal with four out of your top six kids going. I'm gonna look at the portal, I'm gonna go check out the draft. But if I don't make it in the combine, I'm coming back, or I gotta to talk to my agent. So the fact that he's done it this long is a credit to him because I don't know, not having a spring off as a head coach is it's you know this time. You've seen upstate New York Sienna's a tough job. But it's a good job. There's a lot of pressure. Syracuse, different. The East, the pressure at Duke that you have, insane. And now you got to worry about May and June dealing with the portal. So I think that's why Roy Williams quit. And I think I think Kay just said, I'm not going to quit right now, but this is my last year. And I think the transfer portal, I don't like it. I wish the kids had to sit out here, But I think that's contributed to these guys not wanting to coach anymore.
1: Yeah, Coach, you mentioned the transfer portal. And, I, you know, I, I want to get your opinion on this. I want to phrase this the right way, but – These coaches that have been around forever, like Coach K and Roy Williams and and Beheim, nobody's saying they can't still coach. They're obviously great coaches. But as you start to get older and you start to get to a certain age and all these changes are going on and you got to deal with new things, does that, as a coach yourself, does that start to get to a point
2: where maybe you just don't have the same desire as you once did? You know, I don't quote Bill Parcells on this, but I'm friends with him, and he told me this, this is sort of off the record, but I'll tell you guys. Tony Romo dropped that snap for them to beat Seattle. They would have gone and played Chicago, who he thought he could beat. Chicago Bears went to the to the Super Bowl. When Coach Parcells gave me. I, I said, Coach, what happened? He goes, You know what it was? It wasn't. It wasn't the loss. It wasn't the coaching. He loves coaching. Bill Parcells, really good high school coach, really had a really good high school basketball coach. That's who influenced him. Then when he went to Wichita State, Alden Miller was the coach there. Who went to Oregon State? Basketball coaches influenced him a lot. He was really coached close with Coach Knight. He's really close with, with Coach Kane. Bill Parcells, my point about the story is this. What he said was they walked off the field, and it was no longer like, okay, let's take a little look at the draft. Let's go to our beach house. It was draft, OTA, combine. I'm sorry, draft, combine, OTA, regular practice. Can't practice with pads. Practice has been stretched out long. In other words, it became a full-time, year-round job. Most of us were high school coaches. Most, of, I loved May and June off. I could deal with August a little bit getting ready. All right nine ten months marathon we're, we're all built for that and i used the coach parcells story is like he kind of said like coaching became a year-round thing and that's like that's too stressful because he was you know clearly parcells the type of guy that's going to be involved well if i got to go to the combine and otas and then the draft and then this and that and then regular i think college basketball better be careful because guys like Krzyzewski and Beheim, hey man April was to go to lacrosse games, or for me, it was to go follow the Grateful Dead and hopefully see Bill Walton. That was my gig. You know, I knew Brian Cashman from the Yankees. He was a Catholic. He used to get mad at me. He goes, you got to play baseball because I can play. He's like, why don't you want to help us on the baseball team? I said, man, i got to go travel with the dead. That's been back, back when Lithuania was the big deal. and they had the tie eyes, and I wanted to see Bill Walton. And then, you know, you had a summer job. And then maybe you, like, worked camp. I just worked with Jim Fallon, who passed away the Mount St. Mary's coach with Morgan Wooten. But now, it's no more like having fun. You're not like having beers with the guys talking X and O at camp or a couple weeks of recruiting in the summer or going to a high school game. It's portal, uncles and aunts, AAU, managing this. But the transfer portal, really, and kids are there. You know, the kids, better or worse. You know, Utah and Colorado State were practicing. It's June. Now, they didn't have COVID. They had a lot of stuff to deal with last year, but those kids are there for all summer. It's become a 12-month-a-year. They make a lot of money. They make a lot more than we made, but there's no off time. And when you turn, when you can't turn it off, that's really a tough, stressful level. And then when you got guys that want to be pros that aren't ready, and Mike Krzyzewski or Roy Williams or whatever has to hear, hey, man, I'm ready to go pro. And they go, no, you need another year. And they don't listen. I think it's a combination of things, but I really think as most of us, you got to have that May May break, and you got to have August to recharge and to get ready and then cruise through September and watch the NFL on Sundays and go to college football, and here comes October. It's 24-7, 365, and that's not uh, – most of us were high school coaches. We had the summer off. Most of us just were, like, down with getting kids' educations. And All right, a few guys are going to make the pros, but the unrealistic expectations, the headache of the transfer thing combined with, like – not going to high school, but now I'm going to go to Australia in the G League, and I'm not saying that's not innovative. Oh, I don't want to be that old guy because I get some of it, but it's big college basketball. I'll tell you this: college basketball's friend is not the NBA, and the pro game. I don't think Adam Silver cares enough about—not cares. I don't take because he's a good guy. I heard him speak, but I don't think Adam Silver is like in line with what the NCAA college basketball teams are trying to do with the G league or go to Australia. And now they're going to have this overtime high school elite league. So that's made college coaching more difficult.
0: John Calipari. We're not going to really talk about that. I don't think he is leaving Kentucky going to the NBA. I, I don't would. think you think I'm, I'm with you there. So last, last thing we talked about the transfer portal and Chris Beard is really at the center of that with what Texas has brought in. They just got UMass transfer, the big Trey Mitchell. I mean, that lineup is loaded with transfers next year. You bring back Ramey and Andrew Jones, then ask you likely, off the bench from Kentucky, Timmy Allen from Utah, Sue from Vanderbilt. I and know then... Timmy Allen.
2: Timmy Allen worked out Curry Camp. Good kid.
0: Right. Yeah. No, good score too. And even though he's a funky jump shot. And then he Bishop does funky...
2: Eli, you are the smartest man. You're the best ever. He
0: <laughs> does have a funky release. Good for you. High it's weird. The and then Trey Mitchell from UMass. We didn't see a lot of teams acclimate to the non conference portion of the schedule because COVID took into effect. A lot of their non-conference schedule last year. Look at Kentucky. How much will that benefit a team like Texas or a team bringing in a ton of transfers? And then, what do you make of Texas next season? Because their their odds have dropped from fifty to
2: fifteen to one to win the title with all the guys they brought in. First of all, Chris Beard can really coach. I think Calipari learned. He took Kellen Grady, by the way, graduate transfer from Davidson, who's a really smart. He graduated from Davidson. Now that I'm down with. I'm down with kids graduating in four years and having a year left. I'm cool with that if they redshirt, red-shirt. I am. Go get your master's. That's fine. Hey, you went to Davidson, a smaller school, played for McKillop, great coach, but you want to go see what it's like for Big Blue Nation, charter planes, 20,000 people a game. I'm down. But Chris Beard, he learned the transfer game at Texas Tech. You're not getting kids to go to Lubbock, and they have a great facility and all that, but the basic kid out of high school, Lubbock's secondary list. They want to go to Oklahoma, Kansas. But at Texas, maybe he's going taking the transfer thing to the next level, but Beard can really coach. I do think that, that the transfer thing. It definitely favors the rich. It's definitely like, a, it's like, a, it's like an income tax. It's like not taxing the rich to me because they, they're not going to really lose guys, but they're going to pluck from Davidson or Loyola or Monmouth or Central Florida. Think about Oral Roberts in North Texas last year or Loyola Chicago. Like They're going to get perched to go to the higher levels, but I don't think they're going to take kids from the higher level as much and go down. So that, that's the only thing that bothers me about the transfer portal, but it is what it is. And Beard's really smart, but Beard's going to make guys better. But it's going to be interesting. And at 15 to 1, since this is a betting show, and I'll tell you, I like, I'm like i sneaking my Utah Utes in there early. I think UCLA and Necrona will be on the front lines of being really good. But Johnny, you know, Johnny, J- Johnny UZang's going to leave. You know, that's part of the deal. But I think Beard can really coach. And Texas is his dream job. And they got the new arena, the new practice court and all that. But it's a desirable place to go. But it's still a football school. You know, Kentucky... I want to see what Carolina does with Yuba Davis. I really think Syracuse with bayheim you know, the way he coaches is going to keep his key and get both his kids playing. But I want to see what Duke's going to do. But I i, I don't know who he can take. Villanova's going to have I, – I think right now 15-1 to 1 for them because I think the field's wide open. I will give you a dark horse. I think Bruce Burl's done a tremendous job. He's got a great recruit coming in. I know they left Sharif Cooper and everything. But I really like Auburn and Bruce Burrell to kind of make a run. But about Chris Beard. Look, he, he's used to playing the transfer game. Now he's just playing at, you know, Park Place on the Monopoly board instead of, you know, the other side. You know, he's not at Ventnor Place. He's not on the other side. He's moved over. But Texas can get anybody that won his undergrads too. So it'll be interesting to see how it mixes, but I'm happy for Beard. We're going to miss him at Texas Tech. I, I texted him the other day about something, you know, sorry about the shooting in Austin, and it's really tough. And he's just a real great human being. He said, yeah, it's tragic. He's going out in the community but he also wants to get really good in basketball. He spends a lot of time at it, and I think Beard, if anybody can do it, mix all those guys into one for a year, Beard can do it.
0: Coach
1: did have some positive words to say about Syracuse. Tom, I don't know how you feel about that. I don't think he has any more kids that he can bring into the program, so I think after that he's finally going to retire.
2: Did you see the Cole Swider transfer? I think it's a great move for Cole Swider, I think it's good for Syracuse. They got a transfer from Villanova.
1: Yeah, they lost two guys, though, too. I mean, I I I think it'll be the same old Syracuse. They'll they'll bounce around in the regular season, and then when they get to the tournament, teams won't be ready for that zone. They'll be on the bubble. You know, we've seen the story before. We know
2: how it ends. No, very interesting. I I do want to say I I hope Jerry McNamara gets the job. I'm going to come out and say that. I I think it'd be a great story, and I think it's a good fit, but – but you know what, Boeheim, he, he, he that, that San Diego State game is one thing. Then went in the next one. So I thought he might beat Houston, but he is—he does make it fun for the tournament, and I'm happy for Bayheim But I think it's going to be a wide-open college basketball thing.
0: That's Coach Patsos. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Patsos on Twitter, Jimmy Patzos. 26 years in the college basketball coaching ranks for mid-majors and, of course, an assistant under Gary Williams on that national title team. Back in o one o two, Coach. Always appreciate the time, man. And we'll talk to you later this offseason.
2: Eli, great. Thanks, Tom. And Tom, don't forget we were at the Terps. We went through Syracuse. We like. We <laughs> I know. The, I know. The, our fans love. What was it? The foam dome? Dome foam? Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> I see you guys. No doubt about
0: it. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. All right, and that'll do it for another summer edition or offseason edition of Beck QLU presented by. Bet QL, bet smarter and beat the books. Tom, any last words before we get out of here and come back in a month for our next episode?
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, Coach Patos made some uh, good points, and I, I really like his Auburn call. I think Auburn bounces back this year. The SEC is going to be loaded, I think. There's a lot of good teams, so we'll get more into that as we get closer to the season. But, you know, he's got, he likes Utah as a sleeper, so... He, he's got me looking more into the to the youths this year as well walker kessler man that's gonna be he could be one of those players and
0: people already looking into him i think auburn was 150 to one at one sports book to win it all and their number has dropped to around 40 or 50 to one at, at most sports books so definitely a team to to watch for in a loaded conference like you mentioned kentucky too i mean calipari is not leaving and if he leaves in a week when this podcast is still out there for people to listen to then i'll, I'll take the l on that one but for Tom Kasali at the Tom Kasali on Twitter managing editor of sports betting for backQL myself Eli Herskovich, at Eli Herskovich. this was another edition of You go subscribe rate and review leave a five star rating and a review for the backQlu podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.